Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're all well on this uh, Saturday evening. Glorious sunshine across Cork today. It's been absolutely fantastic. We have a busy show coming up over the next hour. We are going to talk about Cork City and Shamrock Rovers. Um, unfortunately, not mostly about the football. We will be talking about the incident. Um where a number of individuals chanted vile abuse at Stephen Bradley in reference to his uh, nine-year-old son who has leukaemia as well. So we're going to hear from Cork City FC owner Dermot Usher on that. He's going to talk to us about what happened last night um, and uh, the actions that they are taking to the individuals responsible. We will talk a little bit about the match as well. It was a great and we're going to hear from um, Richie Holland about a famous win. We're going to hear from John Cleary after Cork's win over in Na- uh, Louth today in Navan. And a Big, big game tomorrow. Cork and Limerick are going to talk to Anthony Nash and TJ Ryan. Yeah, we have a lot to get through over the next hour. If you'd like to get in touch, 086-8104-106 is the place uh, to get in touch with us uh, in the uh, United Rugby Championship final in Cape Town. It is... um, uh, Munster and the Stormers going head to head this evening in the uh, final. It's Munster 5, Stormers uh, 7 is how things stand there at the moment. And I can get it underway at uh, half past five. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on how that game is going. But uh, yeah, 22 and a half minutes on the clock there in football. And uh, play continuing in the playoff final. Coventry City and Luton Town going head to head at Wembley. Second half. Uh, just about to get underway uh, there or is, is underway I should say and it is uh, Luton Town leading by a goal to now Luton looking to book uh, their place in the Premier League for their very first time in their history elsewhere today and uh, the Republic of Ireland under 17 is a big task for them they're taking on the nine time winner Spain in the under 17 European Championships that's in Budapest that kicks off at 7 o'clock Chelsea have clinched their fourth successive Women's Super League this afternoon they needed a win over Reading to guarantee a successful title defence uh, two goals from Sam Kerr helping them to a 3-0 win they Reading meanwhile have been relegated in the uh, SSC Tristy League Women's Premier Division Cork City taking on Wexford today Wexford leaving by a goal to nil in the Men's Premier Division the league leaders Derry City Away to Sligo Rovers. That game gets underway at quarter to eight. The All Ireland Football Championship today, a good win for Cork as they have beaten Louth in Navin. 119 to 117 was the final score. There we hear from John Cleary very shortly. Elsewhere, Westmeath and Armagh going head to head. Westmeath leading 17 to 7 points. Derry taking on Monaghan in Group 4 at 7. In the Joe McDonough Cup final today, it is Carlo and Offaly. You just go on that one in just a sec. In the Red FM Hurling League Division 2, St. Finbars and Glen Rovers has just gotten underway out in Toker. Middleton and Newtown Chandram is a half six kickoff. Elsewhere today, and just go back to football actually, Bayern Munich winning an 11th consecutive Bundesliga title as uh, they be cloned to overtake Borussia Dortmund. It was uh, all set up for Borussia Dortmund to win their first title since 2012 all they did was beat Mainz but that finished in a 2-all draw they had a number of chances to win it as well uh, just couldn't uh, get over the line so it is Bayern Munich 11th 11th consecutive Bundesliga title for them elsewhere today and in uh, motorsport and uh, the uh, Monaco Grand Prix Max Verstappen will be on pole position he'll be joined on the front row of the grid by Fernando Alonso and in the rowing today Vincent McCarthy Hugh Moore finishing 6th in the final of the lightweight men's double skulls at the European Rowing Championship if, uh, Casey Mark Kremen 5th 
in the lightweight women's double skulls decider and uh, the women's four rounding off their campaign with a fifth place finish in this morning's final in Slovenia uh, elsewhere just go back to that Joe McDonough Cup uh, final 57 minutes on the clock it is Carroll leading uh, 2.21 to 1.18 the score there Alright, plenty to come on the show as mentioned at the top of it Anthony Nash, Cork legend will be looking ahead to us and we're going to hear from uh, Limerick uh, former Limerick boss TJ Ryan to give us the view from the Treaty County a little bit later on we're also going to look ahead uh, to Cork and Kerry in the Munster LGFA Senior Championship final tomorrow that's in Mallow a reaction on tomorrow's show as well and we're going to hear from John Cleary in a bit but I want to start with what happened at Turner's Cross last night Um match was great Cork City beat Shamrock Rovers by a goal to nil Shamrock Rovers had three players sent off it was just one of those crazy crazy nights that you sometimes get in League of Ireland football Um, what happened afterwards was absolutely despicable Um, I was fuming afterwards so what happened was I interviewed Stephen Bradley for LOI TV the Shamrock Rovers manager very gracious to come out and um, and talk to me after a 3-0 defeat or a 1-0 defeat in which three of his players were sent off and that happened on the halfway line Uh, and then when Stephen Bradley was coming back into um, the uh, tunnel he was subjected to abuse from a number of individuals um, from the Corner Flag pub, um, the um, outdoor seating area that, that overlooks uh, the Turner's Cross pitch. Uh, they were chanting at Stephen Bradley and then they referenced his son. Stephen Bradley's nine-year-old son has leukaemia. Um, it was absolutely despicable um, to have mentioned that. Stephen Bradley, rightly angry, um, very, very, very upset over it and very, very angry. Um, he said afterwards that he was going to um, talk to the Gardaí. Um Cork City released a statement almost immediately condemning it. In fact, what they said was Cork City FC wished to unreservedly condemn the actions of a handful of individuals who directed disgusting abuse at Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley from outside the stadium shortly after tonight's match. The club will work with all the relevant authorities to identify those involved and take the appropriate action against them. On behalf of the club, we wish to apologise to Mr Bradley for the actions of these individuals. I was raging last night. I was mortified and I was very upset for uh, Stephen Bradley because he doesn't deserve that in any way, shape or form. Um, you cannot, cannot, just simply cannot abuse a manager uh, uh, about his son in that manner. It was despicable. Shamrock Rovers released a statement saying that they condemned the actions of a number of individuals after last night's game in Cork where some particularly hurtful verbal abuse was directed toward our head coach Stephen Bradley and his family. The club appreciates the support of Cork City FC in its condemnation of the actions of a few and their commitment to seek out those involved and deal with it accordingly. Um, the corner flag where the incident happened released a statement today. It says, we utterly condemn the vile, disgusting chance directed at Stephen Bradley from a group of individuals who entered our premises after the Cork City and Shamrock Rovers game last night. Our staff and security team have identified those involved and we are working closely with the club and Gardaí to ensure the appropriate action is taken. On behalf of the Cork flag, we apologise to Stephen Bradley and his family and we will support him and the club and the relevant authorities in any way we can. Strong stuff from City Rovers and the Corner flag. The Irish Cancer Society have come out and said they are expressing shock about the reports and the weaponising of such a serious illness. They say that it's abhorrent to use the experience of a child's cancer diagnosis in such a hurtful and hateful way. The charity says anyone who has been through a child's cancer diagnosis will know how traumatic and difficult it is 
for the entire family. Anyone affected by the story who has their own experience of cancer can call the Irish Cancer Society's support line. It's 1800 200 700. 1800 200 700 is that number. As I say, I was raging over it. The club were raging over it. Shamrock Rovers were raging over it. Stephen Bradley. And all you can do is apologise to the man um, was raging over it. It was genuinely, genuinely disgusting stuff. Uh, and, yeah, just very, very angry over it. Um, another man who was very, very angry over it was Mr. Dermot Usher. Um, he is the Cork City owner, and uh, he put on Twitter today, he wants to tweet about it last night, he was too annoyed, too angry. Um, I got Dermot on the phone uh, a while ago to talk about uh, the incidents and what's going to happen to uh, those who are found to have directed the abuse uh, towards Stephen Bradley. Joined on the line now, Cork City FC owner Dermot Usher to talk about the incidents that occurred after last night's uh, win for Cork City over Shamrock Rovers. Uh, Dermot, what was your reaction when you first heard of it? Anger, um, quite appalled. I, I left social media alone last night because I was just so annoyed with the whole situation. Um, it's just, I find it just shocking that people think it's okay to, to shout stuff like that. Um, Stephen Bradley's a good guy. Um, just nobody deserves to get abused like that, no matter what's going on. I think Stephen Bradley referencing himself is that stick is part of parcel of being a manager. However, when you mention someone's son in that manner, that completely crosses the line. Absolutely, and at the end of the day, the, the thing we've got all got to remember here is we're all we're all people, we're all individuals. We all have feelings, and we all have stuff going on in our lives. Um, which, in Stephen Bradley's case, is he's going through a tough time. You know, there's a personal situation going on there, and uh, it's just not good enough. Just not good enough. Uh, it is. You released a statement last night. The club released a statement last night, uh, apologising to Stephen Bradley, who I saw, I witnessed being very, very angry last night, and you can completely understand why, Dermot. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, like I, I actually spoke to Stephen a couple of weeks ago. He's actually doing a favour for me tomorrow. Um, and that's what people don't see that, you know, outside of the, the attending the matches and training, you know, he's showing up tomorrow uh, doing a, a favour for me to, to hand out medals to uh, for, a, for a blitz. He doesn't have to do it, but that, that that's part of the, who that guy is. Um, so it's quite embarrassing, I'll be honest with you, for me. But, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not, it's not a good place for the, for, the, for the club. It's not a good look in the club, but I also understand it's it's not who the club are. It's not who Cork City are. It's not who the people are. Um, it's my own, you know, experience coming down to down to the, the, down to the city and the support from the fans. You know, it's just a very, 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 very small minority of people who've done this and uh, they won't be welcome back in the club ever again and they'll be getting lifetime bans. I was going to say, Dermot, lifetime bans, I'd imagine, are coming for these supporters when they're identified. Oh, yeah, we already have identified, um, one has admitted to it um, and I think the second person has been identified, but they're, they're going to be dealt with uh, appropriately, yeah. And uh, the Corner Flag pub released a statement today on Facebook as well to say that they had identified them and uh, they've been uh, helpful as well, I'd imagine, Dermot. Yeah, no, Stephen, to be fair to him, Stephen Heapy that owns the, the pub has been, he was on to me a couple of times last night, he's been on to me about three times already today, he's really upset over the whole situation, uh, it's embarrassing for him, For his, he's, he's trying to run a business there as well, and uh, it's not it's not a good luck, so I think he's going to be coming down hard on this situation as well, yeah, because, and rightly so. Yeah, because they've been good supporters of the club, you'd hate for that relationship to be strained. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, this is Stephen's livelihood is here as well, and just this type of behaviour just affects everything. Uh, it's not a good look um, and it just can't be tolerated and it won't be tolerated. And um, 
it's taken the gloss off what was a great result and a great performance and uh, uh, a great night at Turners Cross Dermot. Yeah, and a good look. <laughs> It was a bit of a mad game, you know, obviously with all the sendings off. Um, but the lads, uh, you know, we, we've been saying it for, I suppose, internally, we, we know what we've been doing. Um, we know the level of performance that we feel that our team can achieve. Um, I think last night, yeah, we were fortunate to, you know, that Rovers had a few people sent off. I suppose it's happened to us quite recently where we had two people sent off and we've had probably a, a bad run of luck at times with some of the matches. So I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, that's a bit of luck turning our way now. We've got... Another couple of matches coming up uh, next weekend, Friday away to Drogheda and Monday. Uh, Monday week is Bowes at home, which is a massive game. And if we can get as much support for that uh, to get the team, get everybody behind us. Um, yeah, we're just we're, we're quite positive now about this, the rest of the season. And Jim, I suppose there's a message here to, to everyone else who attends Cork City games and to just the level of personal abuse cannot continue and won't be tolerated. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and like we're laying down, we're absolutely laying down a marker now, and it's as clear as day. There's going to be a lifetime. A couple of people having life, certainly two people having lifetime bans. Jeremy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Rory. Yeah, lifetime bans issued uh, to those identified last night uh, for um, um, the abuse directed towards Stephen Bradley and his son, and rightly so. I'm not sure any anyone would. Uh, object uh, to the lifetime bans being issued to those supporters as Dermot mentioned there one person has admitted to it another has been identified and they will be handed lifetime bans from Turner's Cross um, yeah I just don't know what else to say I just it's, it was apparent absolutely apparent um, as I mentioned Stephen Bradley came over to me um, uh, I did a commentary for Cork City um, for LOI TV and uh, came over to me at the half of the line um, to have our um, post-match chat he doesn't have to do that he came over to me to have a chat about that game and then when he was walking back that's when the abuse occurred um, but before that um, he did talk to me um, about last night's game now they had three players sent off last night um, in <laughs> one of those games it was just Incredible. Um, three players sent off. They had Richie Tell sent off uh, in the first half. Um, first straight red card for an incident with Gordon Walker. Um, Johnny Kenny was sent off for two yellow cards. He had just been introduced as a sub. The second was um, for a foul. He was shown a yellow card for but the first one was just for abuse of an official. Um, so it was the first yellow card really that got sent, sent off. And Sean Hoare, the man who uh, scored the equaliser against uh, Cork City in the four-all draw in Tala. Uh, was sent off uh, for uh, two yellow cards in the space of a minute. And then Cork City got the winning goal through Rory Keating. But Stephen Bradley uh, wasn't at all happy uh, with uh, the referees when I got a chance to speak to him. Stephen, I have to ask you your thoughts on the sendings off first off. Ah, look, I think the, the referee and the officials tonight were embarrassing. Um, I think well, I didn't say anything last week after that game, but I think uh, they really need to be looked at after tonight. I think it was... Uh, Embarrassing uh, from from the whole autumn referee, linesman, and fourth official. It, it's incredible. We're talking about progressing the league and and uh, want to be better in all departments. That officiating tonight is, is disgraceful. You know. The big talking point was Richie sending off in the first half. What was your view on that? I've watched the back so many times. The two of them fall on the ground. There's nothing in it. Um, Richie has stood marks on on his toy, um, so they've obviously clashed on the ground. Um, but like I said, look, you take the whole performance on the referee and um, not taking anything, credit to court, they win the game. They take advantage of it, but uh, them officials tonight were, were embarrassing. We need what, to seriously look at it. What did Richie say to you about the sending off? 
exactly that that both of them came together on the ground. Like I said, he's got stud marks up his quad. I'm sure that boy has some marks as well. It's football. If, you, if you're going to start sending people off for that, it happens in every game up and down the country every week. Um, but I just felt tonight, and it's not the first time that phrase, we had him in draw, he sends two off. I think mm-hmm. uh, they really need to look that tonight. I think um, for me, the level of officiating tonight is, is, uh, is disgraceful. Can anything be done to improve it? We need to change it quickly. Um, because uh, you, you can't have that ruin our game, you know. Um, the arrogance of the referee and, and his assistants um, is incredible. And the decisions um, and why they're making them and how they're making them really needs to be looked at. That, that for me tonight is, is the worst refereeing performance from any officials I've ever seen. Were any of the yellow cards for, for John and for Sean justified in your view? Yeah, look, there was yellow cards in the game. There's no doubt it's a football match. Yeah, but the rest lost, lost control of the game. Um, and uh, his only solution was to throw out red cards. And, and uh, we've had more red cards this year than we've ever had. And that's, I think that shows everything that, that it needs to be said. I think, like I said, these officials, incredible to me. Is it an anti Shamrock Rovers thing or is it just a league wide thing? No, I think it's a league thing. I think it's a league thing. I think um, across the league, the standard, like I said, I didn't say anything last week. Um, but tonight you can't let that go um, and, and um, we talk about assessors and um, people assessing the referees and, and the linesmen I think they really need to look at that one and that's some of the stuff that's going on tonight is, is mind boggling So how do you pick the lads back up after that now you've got three suspensions for next, next week now straight away We'd be fine I thought we were very good with 11 men even when we went down to 10 we were very good 9 we were very good um, we'll be fine there's nothing about picking them up you see the players there they left everything on the pitch um, I think our fans appreciate that at the end there's nothing to pick up we're in a good place we know where we are we don't like losing games but credit to Cork um, but for me we shouldn't be talking about officials and it feels like there's a manager talking about officials every week mm-hmm. and we talk about progressing the league and wanting to be better uh, they're holding this back um, Yes, Stephen Bradley not at all happy with uh, the uh, officials uh, just talking about the game last night and the amount of cards that were issued, 12 cards issued by referee Sean Grant last night, three of those red um, and Rory Keating scoring the winning goal uh, five minutes from the end of the 90. Well, that was Stephen Bradley talking about the football. Football hasn't been the focus of uh, the post-match chat. It is everywhere. It's made headline news everywhere. Um it's um, the incident afterwards and Cork City um, coming out very strongly last night issuing a statement um, straight away and then uh, issuing lifetime bans to those involved uh, in the incident last night. Um, I also got a chance to speak to Richie Holland afterwards on LOI TV um, about Cork City's fantastic performance about that win last night and about uh, their second win in the space of a week. Richie, a great three points for Cork City. Uh, a massively interesting game. Um, but first off, three points for Cork City. You must be absolutely delighted. Ah, yeah. Look, you know, when you come into the game tonight, you know you're going to be up against it. It's a really good side. But I thought 11 v 11, I thought we were very good. I thought we restricted them to a few efforts outside the box. There was maybe one, one scary moment, let's say, in the first half. Mm. Bar that, I thought our shape was good off the ball. I thought we still carried the trick going the other way and that, you know. And, we just said to the lads at half time is that look just keep patient we'll get an opportunity and so on and look <laughs> the second half just exploded you know with the red cards and stuff like that but even still it's tough at times to break mm-hmm. down uh, a, low, a low block like that you know and we just said to the boys keep patient the chance will come and look thankfully felt the Keats and 
said last week, you know, he's got a goal last week, he's got his goal this week, you know, hopefully he's on a run now, you know. Aaron Baldridge was named man of the match against his former side, he always has something to prove, but he really ran the show for you tonight. Yeah, Aaron's a great player, you know, he's a great lad as well, you know, and he loves playing for Cork City. Um, you know, technically very good, you know, he, he all action, gets around the pitch, you know, makes his tackles and stuff like that, but look, I thought all of them were very good tonight, you know, I, all of them went to, all the way down to the, the boys up top, you know, and even the lads that come on, I thought Daniel Kresic did very well when he came on, and, you know, um, Kevin, when he got into that area there, he kept his composure to find Keats there as well, you know, so, look, overall, we're, we're chuffed, you know, three points area at home to, to Rovers, but look, we just need to, you know, go again now, and we've two big games again next week, you know, so, look, great win but look we need to focus again you know I just spoke to Stephen Bradley he was not happy with the refereeing performance obviously enough three players are sent off for his side what was your view on the straight red card for Richie Toll in the first, the first half I actually couldn't see the, the Toll incident I couldn't see that one I think it was um, what they said it was an off the ball incident um, we were just checking to see if it was actually the ball in play when it happened because we were looking for a penalty to be honest if it was but mm-hmm. we were told it was when the ball went out of play you know so look it's um, it's an off the ball incident obviously the linesman I seen it on that side, so look, I'll have to look up, look it back to comment on it, you know. But the other ones, I think, were, were a bit daft. To be honest, I think there was a few challenges went in, especially when lads on the yellow, yellows and all that. But that's not for me to talk about. That's for that's for Stevens to talk about. And look, I can only control, or we can control as a staff, what what our boys do, you know. And look, we, we kept our composure and got a great three points, you know. The atmosphere here, Richie, was electric. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Coming off the pitch, there was unbelievable, you know. I think everyone, you know. I, we're talking about the last couple of weeks, I think even when Colin was in as well, we need to stick together, you know, like we know where we are and stuff like that and if we're all together, if the fans, the players, you know, everyone are all together, you know, it's a hard place to come here and uh, for any team and all. And you can see Rovers tonight, as I said, 11 v 11, I, I don't think they, they, they carried much in terms of goal threat and stuff like that, I thought we were very organised in that, you know, so for us now it's carried that forward, you know, it's two wins on the bounce, can we make a three next week, you know. Yeah, you found a nice little groove now, you seem to be performing well, you've got a nice little shape, so things certainly looking very positive. Yeah, look, yeah, no, in fairness, I think Jonas Hackling coming back in there, you know, like Jonas was brilliant again tonight, mm-hmm. you know, he, the way he's organising the lads and, and that, you know, Josh Horning back into the team, I know young John Donovan was probably a little bit you know, frustrated that he, you know, wasn't in after last week, but I thought Josh was brilliant tonight as well, you know, so, look, overall, the lads are, are delighted inside, the staff are delighted and the fans have gone home delighted as well, you know. So look for us now it's about uh driving on next week and keep this to keep this run going, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say you'll enjoy tonight, but draw it's come next week, it's a massive game, but then they are they're all massive games, I guess. Yeah, look, it is it is like a uh, draw at home are, are very good side, you know, again they've won tonight, you know, but watch a lot of their games at their place and uh, they're, like it's a tight pitch, you know, they're they're very good on the press and stuff like that. So for us we just need to look get our recovery in and get ready for, for next week because it's going to be a massive weekend with Bose here then on the Monday as well so it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a massive weekend for us Richie thanks for congratulations cheers yeah it's Richie Holland there um, speaking after last night's win and uh, that uh, management team that's been put in place since Colin Healy's departure of himself Liam Kearney Dick Coleman of course uh, Liam Buckley the League of Ireland legend uh, certainly uh, doing a great job of Cork City and as he mentioned there when City were 11 versus 11 with Shamrock Rovers they were very very decent indeed so, uh, a good result for Cork City last night, a famous win, a cracking night until uh, that nonsense, that absolutely despicable um, uh, occurrence afterwards, um, afterwards absolutely ruined it. Um, but look, um, as we heard from Dermot Dusher a while ago, it has been, uh, the individuals have been identified and lifetime bans uh, will be issued to, to those individuals.
Uh, Munster have gone 12-7 up on the Stormers 38 minutes uh, on the clock there in that uh, URC final down in South Africa Coventry City have equalised against Luton Town their level at uh, a goal apiece uh, in the playoff final uh, 72 minutes on the clock there uh, we are going to look back at uh, Cork's win today over uh, Monaghan 119-170 was how it finished in the All-Ireland Football Championship clash today at Park Talton in Navan let's hear now from Cork boss John Cleary talking to LMFM John I'd say you're a relieved man to hear the final whistle there absolutely you know um, Lothar peppering our goal there at the end um, you know they went from was it six points down to a point up coming into the home straight and uh, we looked to be wobbling but fair play to our lads they, I thought they showed great resolve there you know they could have thrown their hat at it and um, you know came back and, and just got over the line and as I said now they peppered the goal even the last 45 went in we weren't sure where it was going to go the one before that I think our goalie got a tip to it over the bar could ended up in the back of the net so look uh, thrilled and relieved to get out here with a victory today uh, Loud seemed to have got the momentum as well after the, with the goal. Absolutely, they did. You know, it was an awful goal for us to give away. And, um, you know, we were seemingly in control, but fair play. Like Loud took their, you know, about back from six to three, and then they went ahead. And look, it looked like it was going to be another one of those days for Cork football. But at least, look, um, our lads, I thought, showed great resolve there. We won three or four great kickouts, got up, and, and took our scores in the end. How impressed were you with the opposition? I'm sure you didn't underestimate them in any way after the league, league game in RD in particular. Absolutely. We played them last year and we beat them by five or six points and, you know, they were only the start of their journey then. In RD, they, you know, deservedly beat us and we knew coming up here today, if we got out here with a point victory, we would have been very, very happy and that's what we are. Um, you know, they, they, they are, they're very well organised, play a very good brand of football. They kick great scores there the second half, you know, 30, 40 yards out. I, but, um, you know, Hats off to, to Lout, uh, you know, they were in it up until the last minute and, and, and uh, on another day we might have been going home with a defeat, but thank God the luck was on our side today. Huge boost today, huge boost today to win that game, especially with the game against Kerry coming up next and of course with Mayo as well. Absolutely, yeah, like with the All-Ireland champions and the league champions, so it was a game, look, I suppose we targeted that we might get, uh, have a chance uh, of winning and thanks be to God, now we're going home with the two points tonight. That's John Terry speaking uh, to LMFM after today's win over Louth. We're going to take a break when we come back. Uh, we're going to look ahead to Cork versus Limerick. Tomorrow we'll hear from Anthony Nash and TJ Ryan and half-time the United Rugby Championship as well, Munster League the summer's 12-7. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. I meant to say as well, a great win for the Cork Masters today in round two of the Masters Football Championship as they beat Waterford today in your 117 to 114. Big congratulations to everyone involved with the Cork Masters and Texans. Say, great win by Cork East in the Celtic Challenge All Ireland final today. Managers uh, Sean Crowley and Alan Geary sending that one in. So thanks very much indeed for that. We are going to look ahead to Cork and Limerick tomorrow. How big does this get? How big is this? How massive is this? I, I'm getting excited talking about it already. I have to calm down. It's a while away as yet. But it's it's a massive, massive game. Um, Cork need to go up and uh, beat the All-Ireland champions are going to draw. Simple. And that's all there is. Cork have already beaten Limerick this year. Nothing to fear going up to the Gaelic grounds. Aidan's are heading up there first tomorrow, so we'll have all the reaction on tomorrow's show. Uh, but in the meantime, he's been speaking to uh, former Cork goalkeeper Anthony Nash, who's going to look ahead to the game. 
Alright Cork legend Anthony Nash is on the line ahead of a seismic week for Munster hurling Cork go to Limerick to face the All-Ireland champions and it's all on the line Anthony thanks for joining us Go hassle all in thanks really for the call uh, What a month of, of hurling in the Munster championship we, we've witnessed That's unbelievable like it's um there's actually a wrote a piece there for um, I do bits and pieces with Fort soon I was talking to um, one of the lads about it and we're kind of comparing is there anything like it at the moment you know like we were loads of like we've had just fierce excitement fierce excitement and I'm saying is there anything else in the J at the moment at the moment like that is very that is like it like you can't compare anything to Munster hurling really right now um, you know even in the football with the with the group stage starting it's still the excitement in Munster hurling I think is incomparable to anything else yeah, and like Ennis last week, it's probably one of the better occasions I've been at. Uh, covering anyway, it's the best game I've been at to cover. Like it, the atmosphere was, it was very special. Uh, like Ennis, to be fair, like Ennis brings a great atmosphere. As a player, I didn't really fancy playing there myself. Like, cause <laughs> yeah. even though it's like, I think measures out bigger is, than most of other pitches in Ireland. Um, it's the fact that the stand is so close, it makes it a very small place. But um, I thought, look, to be fair to the lads, I thought they put in, you know, a valiant effort. Um, and for a long time throughout the game, I thought, you know, they were going to pull it back and take the win, like, or, or sneak a draw. But um, it just put, put, you know, I suppose that added pressure now this weekend um, going down to down to the um, the Gaelic rounds. And uh, but like, isn't it a great weekend to be looking forward to too? Like, where like winner takes all. Absolutely. I had a conversation with a fella here at home who probably hit the nail on the head um, with Limerick, and I, I said that I was just thinking like there's just something not right about Limerick you know they just don't look right but he said you have to remember that everybody else as well has stepped it up uh, what have you made of Limerick and I suppose as often is the case that the truth is probably lies somewhere in the middle of those two statements yeah I definitely think so I think that like to be fair to of all the teams in the country I think Waterford or um, sorry Tipperary have become um, you know the, the team that I suppose that were in Waterford's position last year um, you know, where they were the knockout team early on, just couldn't seem to get things going and have come along this year and become, you know, now one of the contenders for the All-Ireland. Um, like Clare last year showed in the Munster Championship the, the calibre of player they have. But like even with that, you know, like on Sunday, like as a Cork player, look, you, you know, I don't know, as a confidence or what is it, you're always fancying going down anywhere to get a victory. Um, you know, and in like to go to your Limerick point in, the one thing I fear is that they are one performance away from frightening everybody in Ireland again and I just thought I hope it's not Sunday for the sake of Cork you know um, like there's the, it, like the saying that what is this um, class is permanent and form is temporary could be a case but like I, I think in fairness to Pat and his management team the improvement that this Cork team have had I think every supporter is delighted with the effort and the intensity like we've never been beaten heavily in any game you know that we've been there thereabouts and uh I'm sure Sunday will be no different if they can get the um, I think the balance of the team which will, will which will be important um, along with the the intensity they've brought so far. Um, I suppose when Sean Finn's injury was first re- revealed for Limerick, you would have looked at the panel and thought, obviously he's a huge loss, but he's replaceable in a way to an extent, let's say. Um, but he does feel like an even bigger loss now than ever, especially in a situation like this when they're when when they're staring down a make or break match like this so early on in the year. Well, I, I think the thing about Sean Finn that might be a knock-on effect is, uh, like, Kyle Hayes is always that attribute, you know, that kind of player that could be put up centre-forward. And by Sean Finn um, being out, like, Mike Casey had to come in as a straight replacement instead of potentially Mike Casey coming in, Sean, uh, Dan Morrissey going to wing back and Kyle Hayes going up in the forward line. So I think that kind of took that. Oh, look, you'll never know, Limerick. It could happen on Sunday where he's pushed up. But um, I think that's where Sean is probably at his most last that he took that little option away. Oh, 
over the last what five six years has he been Ireland's best defender consistently so you know taking that out of any team and even though they have the calibre of Mike Casey replacing him it's still a huge huge loss to Limerick but um, on the flip side of that like we've lost Mark Coleman and, and Alan Connolly you know um, Alan was just coming into the bit of form there as well last year and so we all know how good Mark is as well um, so like Mark told me would be you know I'm not going to say that like you know, he, he's as influential for Cork as Sean Finn is for Limerick, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, definitely. I'd say most people would agree. Um, and, and for Cork, then, like you said, it, it, it like it wasn't a disaster in Ennis. Like they came very close from, from coming back and they showed the character they have. What was the biggest positive to take? And if there is a worry, what is the biggest worry you have? Um, I think, do you know what? I'm delighted for one player, especially that's Damien Cahillan. So I would have played with Demo obviously over the years like and you know if you go on Twitter there after any game no matter what he is the first guy to get slated um, I thought the full back line were brilliant I thought Damien was excellent I thought Sean I don't know who for his first game back um, like I coached Mark Rogers down in UL like and in fairness to Mark I don't think the country has seen how good he is yet and I think that's that's a compliment to Sean that they hadn't seen it last week either because Sean was immense so I think a steady full back line with Niall, Sean and Damien is a huge, huge boost. Um, so I think like when you're looking as a goalkeeper, especially out of that three and looking as a forward back at those three, you can like, you know, you're coming up against probably the best full forward line in Ireland if they decide to go with Casey, Flanagan and Galan. So I think that's a huge battle on Sunday for Cork. So that's a huge positive for me. Like, I suppose the worry or the negative from the last day was just... You know, there wasn't too many. Like you have to give Claire a compliment as well, like in that. I just thought that when Claire were down, I just I was just the tiniest bit disappointed that Tony Kelly stormed into the game the way he did. Like it's the one thing about Claire is that like when they're down and Tony Kelly isn't playing well, you really need to put the foot in the throat and keep him out of the game. Um and when he stormed into the game, so geez, you could hear the Claire crowd build up and it's like every point for him is almost worth two to the crowd. Um so I'm just wondering like will Cork like yes, Keen Lynch hasn't been hitting the heights of past years but any time that we face Keane Lynch with Cork like when he's had a good game Limerick have had an unbelievable game um, so I'm just looking at that now on Sunday if, like again we don't know what team Limerick are going to put out because as you said like they're stuttering like in fairness I think Garrod Hagerty and Keane have probably struggled the most out of their but like compared to their normal heights um, you know but it, like you, you know you'll be a fool to, to forget how good they are I suppose they'll have to approach it a bit differently though Cork like they like to go direct and they went direct a lot in Ennis in the second half and did hit a lot of ball <clears throat> down on top of maybe the 45 and lost a lot of it too John Conlon kind of cleaned up a, a good bit of ball and it's it's very hard to get past that half back line no matter how good or bad Limerick are playing there it's, it's almost impossible at times to get through that half back line that they have so is it a case that Cork will have to drop out the field a good bit here you know you're looking at maybe leaving one man inside and you know you have to make a decision on who that's going to be too the makeup of the front six the, the, let's say the, the six forwards that Pat's going to choose who do you think is going to be in the fray and what will their roles be because it is going to be a bit of an unorthodox game compared to the ones they've played so far probably well like Clare and Limerick are two completely different animals when it comes to the defence because Clare follow I think that's why Cork started to go a little bit longer because the Clare half back line pushed up in their mind Limerick won't do that as you said they're going to be sitting back they're going to be holding back so Cork will have to mix the play in and like whatever whatever you do Limerick will push up to a certain point but try and cover off that delivery zone into the likes of Hoggy and stuff um I, I still think I think Shane Kingston is going to come in in my well like look I'm one thing that I'm I'm not privy to any information anymore and I don't I don't I actually don't ask the players or any of the lads that I talked about it because yeah, yeah. you know I just don't want to feel that I'm um, you know that I'd be prying but like I think just looking at last week I thought Shane's input a pace 
um, I thought was especially like for me like I, I mentioned Mark Coleman Allen being out like Robbie being out is huge like and I think Shane is probably the only comparable player that we have that has that extra bit of gear that you know might cause that so whether he comes in or not um, I think Tim O'Mahony like will probably like t- to me I just think that I've always said that I'd like to see Tim in the forward line um, even as a player I prefer to see him in the forward line because like he aerially he's a, he's a huge threat now whether he comes in midfield whether he comes in the half forward line full forward line or doesn't come in at all I don't know but I think that like you know he's had his two days out now and I think that like we might have to look at something different um, and then you have the age all questioned in as well of like you know John Melrick did well and Keane Lynch um, you know and then but like what do you do in midfield then does Darius give him come out to midfield does you know, does Tommy O'Connell push up to midfield? So there's a lot of questions that, that they're going to take. I think there'll definitely be one or two changes on the Cork team. I think that what they are and what they're going to look like is is is, is obviously Pat's Pat's point. You know, but um, I think I'd like to see Shane and 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 uh, Tim come in maybe just to look. I know, like people might say, Shane is better from the bench and stuff. But I think it's an unfair statement. Like you know, I think that like Shane on his day is is nearly impossible to mark with the gears he has. And I just think it's 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 pace that I think Cork might look at. And the big thing, I suppose, is just making sure that the delivery, like you said, is important inside. So, like, um, I, and I think the big thing always is, and this is going back to when I was playing now, like, you know, so it's not anything against anybody, like, but it's as a team, how do we win puckouts against Limerick? Like, because when you go short, they're... Um, they're the best team to turn you over and when you go along you just mentioned their half back line a while ago of six foot plus players so um, it'll be interesting to see how Cork maybe look at doing that yeah and your your success during goal has been pretty impressive I think a lot of people are have pointed out he's been he's very smart isn't he and like brilliant uh, stick man and he delivers a really nice ball you know it just looks like it, it doesn't take the hand off you but it's direct it's nice and direct and um, he'll be vital in setting up attacks won't he and especially when you're probably looking at trying to get most of your shots off between even probably the halfway line and the Limerick 45 it's it, you know because it, it's hard to get in any further than that to, to try and get shots off Ah listen I like Pat trained myself and Pat trained together for many a year like and he's been exceptional since he's gone into goals like you know um, and I like that again you know I mentioned about Mark Rogers for Clare I don't think we've even seen the best of Pat Collins yet I think there's huge improvement in him again which is a compliment to him um, you know he's he's a very calm goalkeeper, and I think he's going to be massive for Cork on Sunday because, like the thing about Limerick is that they'll give you a temptation to go into the danger zone, and if you're successful at it, um, you get you reap the rewards. You know what I mean? But it, like they're trying to force you long on top of that half back line that are just so dominant in the air, you know. And no matter who you have, so I think it's going to be the middle third puck outs again on Sunday, which Pat is obviously exceptional at. So it's can we create the space for him to allow to do that? Um, and I think like if we can just get Look, it's it's like this, right? You seventy possessions from puckouts. If you can get the dominant uh, percentages in those uh, as a team from both theirs and ours, you put yourself in a, a huge, a huge, um, huge place for possession in in the in the game of hurling. Like obviously, in the, especially down there, the Gaelic grounds. But the one thing I'd like to see, I'd love to see, is if Cork could get that little bit of a quick start. Um, you know, I think that's going to be huge for for the confidence of the players. But um, and you know, I might put that little bit of doubt into the Limerick support. Will there be any notion of almost? Revenge for an All Ireland final from a couple of years ago, or is that totally? Do you think that'll even be in some of their minds? Well, like they played in the first round of the championship last year as well. Like, and Limerick turned them over, turned us over in Parky Keeve. Like, so it's a chance to knock them out, though. You know, it's it's a chance to really hurt them here. Like, yeah, well, like the, what I meant by that was like that. I don't think the revenge of last year is going to be there. The revenge of the year before, yeah, 
Yeah. This is just, as you said, this is a glorified Munster final, like, you know, without the medals. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, like the way Munster hurling has gone, like, and we, we touched it there a while ago, it's like, it's it's probably the most exciting championship in either code in Ireland at the moment. Um, like, this is, getting out of Munster is just huge. Like, Clare are delighted to be in the Munster final. Of course, they are. there'll be excitement building down there. But the biggest relief is that they're getting out of Munster. You know what I mean? They're guaranteed in all Ireland series. Like, and you know, it, it opens up huge doors from them as well. So I think either team on Sunday, like I know everyone would have, and I and I would have expected Limerick to, you know, maybe be the Munster final this year as well. But like, you know, it, it won't be long before in next year, or the year after, everyone's just saying just get out of Munster is the main aim. There was a time when you were younger that uh, you'd be a bit conflicted with this matchup. Yeah, of course, everyone knows that. Like everyone knows in um, the family connections, and obviously Barry's still playing. Like and. You know, it's um, it's always tough because, like, you know, anyone that's involved, and I know people have come up and slag me about it. Like, when your family involved in another team, like you, you know, you obviously have a huge, huge affection towards uh, that as well. And obviously, playing hurling with Barry the last few years has been has been brilliant as well. But like, I just look, I'm going back in with the twenties now. You know, you'd like to see the senior team progress and give our lads a chance to, um, you know, to look up and see what success can be like when they to hit into the senior thing. So. You know, the allegiance is red and white for Sunday. Absolutely. Who will be left standing then? Will it be Cork or Limerick? Look, like I actually had a conversation earlier. If you were given a thousand euro right now, like, you know, to put on a bet, like, you might just go and say, look, the safe bet, Limerick in the Gaelic Crowns are a hard team to beat. But, like, there's been so much excitement in anything. And I've really, I've really seen a huge improvement in this team with Pat Blake. And I, for me, it's the likes of, and it's been epitomised by the likes of Brian Roach, where, you know, when he's not in the ball, he's just around the place, harrying and hassling. and you know, I don't think like, like there'll be a one-sided game that we've seen for the last few years with Cork and Limerick. Like, and as you said there a while ago, this is a one-off game. This is a, like, you know, it's not a Munster final, but for me, it practically is like just the reward is getting into the All Ireland. Like, so um, look, I'd hope with my Cork head on this, I think we can do something. Like, I think the importance you said a second ago is that six inside, and how do we get the ball into them? And just hope that Hoggy hits the heights that he's always hit for Cork before. Um, you know, and has has a day upon days, and but for me, for Cork to win, I think we we'll need to score at least two goals, potentially three, to 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 to, to get over the line. And uh, the one thing that does excite me is that we've done that in the last few games. You know, um, the pace has been there scoring. I know four against Tipperary, we needed for a draw, but well, those goals are always there. Like, but um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully, be a red and white result coming back down the road. If in doubt, back to draw, and that that's a good result as well for Cork on the day. <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, before I let you go it's a big week ahead obviously for, for the under 20s final versus Offaly Sunday week all going well yeah look do you know what it's 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 brilliant because um, there's a super bunch of lads um, and just the fact that I'm on here here and have the opportunity to say it like I think every Cork supporter has seen the the fairy tale story from, from Offaly and saw that the Leinster final was packed out and the one thing I'd implore people is not for us in the sideline, but for those young fellas to just, if they can, I understand that it's expense and it's especially those going to Limerick this weekend, but if they can come and support us and, on Sunday week in Turles because you can be guaranteed that the buses will be coming down from Offaly. Um, and it's not even, as I said, for Ben, myself, Rowan and Jorah Terence in the sideline, it's for those super bunch of 20s that have given you know the county great, great success there over the last few weeks. So, um, things are going great and I just hope that the boys get the support that they, and I'm sure they will because the Cork support always travel the numbers, but um, yeah, things are going okay. I'm delighted that we've got the Owen situation sorted. Everyone has spoken about the rule, you know, and, and the only loser in that scenario was Owen, the poor young fella, like, you know. Um, 
So he deserves to get a day out in and just look between here and then. Strike a bit of form and training, keep it going. They're super bunch to train, um, which is which is brilliant. And uh, and stay injury free and look, do you know what? They'll give it a go. The one thing I think the Cork supporters have seen is that we've been down in six points and you know, even the last game and they've never, you know, thrown in the toll. And uh, I think that's a fantastic a fantastic sign of young fellas. It's not the management team, it's the players themselves. So we're um, we're thrilled to, to be able to work with them. It's an honour for us and just hope that we can get the last foot over the line. Absolutely, yeah, well said. And uh, yeah, it, it has the makings of a brilliant day anyway, obviously with a double header, the minor final and the under-20 final. And they're always good games. So uh, it'll be great if a big Cork road uh, can go to Turles on Sunday week. Uh, Anthony, the very, the very best of luck for all of us here on the Big Red Bench. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show as well. Brilliant, thanks very much for the call. Yeah, it's great to hear there from uh, Cork legend Anthony Nash looking ahead to Cork and Limerick and some great words to set about the under-20s as well and very best luck indeed to them in the All-Ireland final we previewing that across the week on Cork's Red FM Sports and we'll hear from uh, Ben O'Connor on the show next weekend when you look ahead to that final Let's uh, get some views from the Treaty County now Let's hear from uh, Limerick legend TJ Ryan He's also been talking to it Limerick legend TJ Ryan joins us ahead of a huge weekend in the Munster Championship It's do or die the Gaelic grounds on Sunday between Cork and Limerick uh, TJ there's a few nerves around the Rebel County to say the least how are the nerves in the Treaty County? Uh, I wouldn't say they were nervous but uh, at the same time there would definitely be a cautious approach um, I suppose maybe we've been spoiled the last couple of years and that our team has been kind of flying and has qualified in Munster um, with maybe a little bit of spare and we've been kind of going well uh, this year has been a little bit different albeit we've only actually lost one match by a point so you wouldn't think that it doesn't feel like that um, so maybe they haven't been firing in all cylinders but definitely like I, I would say cautiously optimistic as I said we know it's coming we know you guys are doing a lot of underage over the last number of years and successfully and we know you're improving new manager so like as I said Joe, we will certainly be cautious Yeah I think you've it's probably you've touched on it there already Limerick just haven't found that gear yet and of course Sunday is another chance to try and do that a lot of people expected them probably to find it last Sunday um, I thought personally we, we'd see the Limerick we know from the last few years and they'd give a big performance against uh, Tipperary you know they still gave a good performance and for uh, all the credit to Tipperary who didn't let them make that statement that they would have wanted Yeah I agree with you there that piece um, like I was at the game obviously and it was, the atmosphere was electric and the tension going down the stretch was everything we have kind of expected from the Munster Championship of all so that was kind of fantastic for all supporters um, I watched the game back during the week and I, I, I did think that at the start of the second half that Limerick were in their mojo and they were scoring well and moving well and like you'd have to credit Tipperary with like they kind of kind of Steady the ship, got a couple of scores, got themselves back a couple of points in front, and you know they're definitely improving. And I just think, like all around Munster, maybe Waterford aside, the other teams are definitely upping the ante and and improving and finding a bit. And the Munster Championship is really competitive. Yeah, that's it. And this game Sunday has such an old school feeling to it. Like you know, it's it's knockout hurling basically. It must bring back a lot of memories of being on the pitch yourself. Yeah, it certainly does. Proper championship. And like I said, the games we've been at this year have been fantastic. Atmosphere, tension, uh, really well-prepared teams, you know. And if you're a small bit off, the teams that are high quality, they'll punish you. And look, as I said, your man markings, like we spoke on our podcast there recently about even, even the hurling has gone back to a little bit old school. There's a bit more there's a bit more long ball and a bit more lamping, as we call it, uh, back in the game. And yeah, man-for-man stuff and real kind of, 
old Munster Championship hurling feel to it. Like so, and I, and I don't expect the weekend to be any different. Like I just see the Cork team that was named last night. There is a physical edge to the team the way it's kind of on paper um, compared to maybe a previous team. So I, I I would say my expectation right now is more the same. Just on the Cork team there, I suppose, like Pat Ryan is opted for Tim O'Mahony in half forward line, Shane Kingston and Joe Mellerick are in from the start. Does anything catch your eye in that team selection from a tactical or matchup point of view? I just, I, I just feel that it's, it, it seems that he's gone for more physicality and more strength, it looks like. Um, obviously, we know that the, the Cork team uh, the, the plenty pace, but with the changes he's made, maybe he's just gone for a bit more kind of uh, physicality. Is, is, is his first thing that kind of comes at me and then looking at the midfield and saying is that the midfield he'll start or is there something that he'll maybe throw um, at, at Limerick or maybe he has some man marking arrangements in mind that he might try and maybe have uh, certain guys picked up or maybe targeting certain areas yeah we don't have a Limerick team yet um, I do expect there to be one or two changes Aiden I think um, like obviously with the guys that came off and came on the last day like Peter Casey had missed a bit of training and he came on and, 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 and showed quite well. Graham Mulcahy definitely um, showed a lot of energy when he came on. Now, he might be more of an impact again for the weekend. So, uh, John definitely has options and, and definitely one or two players, like you said at the top of the show there, maybe not in the form of old. So, I, I think he might need to maybe kind of maybe trust them one more time to see can they get back. They weren't that far away from getting it right. I felt if Garrod knocked that ball over the bar in the second half, it would have done a lot for him and the crowd. And, you know, maybe it's only a small little trigger like that. Like, so look, we, we know how good they are. It's just kind of uh, that, that old phrase of, you know, I mean, form is temporary and class is permanent. So we know it's there. So it might be just maybe a bit of trust from, from limit management to say we'll give him one more shot to get us into the knockout stages. Yeah, like perish the thought of what it looks like to see a Garot Higarty and Keane Lynch fighting for a place at training during the week like that. That must be a sight to behold, to be fair. Yeah, and in fairness, I think to John and Paul, they've always kind of said that they've tried to pick the team and form and basically whoever has the, has, has kind of the, the edge on the other guy was said going well in training they, they give him the nod like Cahill O'Neill came in the last year and scored five points in play which is a huge plus and you know they're not afraid to run the bench and you know Shani Finn has been a big loss you know I mean they started my case from behind my genius so he's got a couple of options in different places like so you know I Cork posed different kind of questions maybe to Tipperary there might be more of a pace edge to parts of this Cork team Shane Kingston starting definitely he's definitely found his groove since he was dropped so he's kind of one of those players that uh, he's he's kind of performed miracles for Cork when he's come on a couple of times like so can he do it from the start on Sunday so yeah plenty intriguing battles and looking at the matchups and like on paper it looks like Shane Kingston would be pin, pinning a Barry Nash in the corner like so you know, I mean that could be a key battle in the game like so if, if, if Shane Kingston can win that and keep Barry Nash pinned back I'm sure car people would like to see it because it would keep Barry Nash back to field so yeah and, 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 and I suppose a couple of other ones as well like if Keane Lynch starts just Kieran Joyce go man for man and follow him out the field and you know Tip and Clare have got their matchups pretty good in the two games against Limerick so I suppose Pat Ryan will have been looking at all them areas and angles and I'm sure that his team selection is picked with those type of decisions in mind Yeah and it is going to be it's going to be a totally different game to what Cork experienced in Ennis like it, you would imagine it's going to be a lot more tactical um, Cork you feel won't be able to go 
long as often as they did against Clare, especially with that Limerick half back line, you know, and like how great for the, for John Kiley to always have that half back line as shaky as Limerick have been this year. That half back line has still stood firm and has still been the kind of wall for Limerick, and it's uh, it's a tricky one to try and get past, and to even just to think of a plan to upset them, they they seem to handle anything you throw at them. Yeah, agreed. And I felt at the start of the second half in the last game that our five, six, and seven were getting to grips of the game the way they have done in the past. I, I, I suppose what I flip back at you, Aidan, would be that I'd imagine that Tim O'Mahony is selected for a job of maybe some of those puck outs and try and get Cork some bit of a foothold that would look like a selection kind of meant for something like that. Now, where exactly he's positioned along that line, we don't know. But I'd imagine that that's what's in mind there. Yeah, and probably uh, maybe a reaction to the amount of space that uh, Dermot Ryan got the last day and obviously you can't let you can't let uh, Dermot Barnes do that you know he's probably going to score 15 points if he gets that sort of a space well I suppose yeah we know the guy's range at this stage you know what I mean he, he likes to get in fairness he's been a brilliant scorer from play like so yeah I, I, again as I said I'd imagine all those things I think Cork would be disappointed with maybe the space that Dermot Ryan got to win the game and like look there was maybe positives and negatives in the game for Cork the last day in the sense that they went down um, let's say the 7 points or whatever and, did, and didn't look great at that particular moment in the game after conceding the penalty but all of a sudden whatever they found a way and got themselves back level and you know like when I was watching the game and I found them back level you kind of felt that Cork really go on and win the game and it might have been maybe a, a superb performance by their own kind of me- measures so but they still found a way to get themselves back in the game and just Yeah it's uh, Limerick legend TJ Ryan there speaking to Aidan about tomorrow's huge game up in the Gaelic grounds we'll have reaction on the Big Red Bench tomorrow from 6 The Stormers have just equalised against Munster it's 12 apiece conversion to come Ireland under-17s are on the pitch they are taking on Spain anthem just taking place at the moment and in the uh, championship playoff uh, Coventry City Luton Town look like they're heading to extra time Um, goal apiece with 90 minutes of play there Uh, just before we wrap up the 2023 Munster LGFA Senior Championship final between Cork and Kerry is tomorrow at half past three in Mallow our man Joe McCarthy will be there we'll have reaction from the game on tomorrow's show he's caught up with Cork and Valley Rover star Ema Kiley to preview tomorrow's game now we are delighted to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by a Cork LGFA senior footballer who is enjoying one of her best seasons in a red jersey well in my opinion anyway we'll see if she agrees or not it is Valley Rover's Ema Kiley Ema how are you? I'm great yeah delighted to be chatting to you now Ger, so thanks for having me Thanks very much for taking the time out of a, a very busy schedule for you because it's uh, it's coming up to that Munster final which takes place in Mallow on Sunday, May 28th with that 3.30 throw, throw in against the old enemy Kerry and we'll talk a bit about them in a minute. But before we talk about them, uh, first of all, I just mentioned the fact there that you are enjoying a really good run this year with the Cork Senior Footballers. I think that's a fair assessment. In the National League, I'll just give you some stats. You scored 1-3 against Dublin. Uh, you scored 8 points uh, against Kerry. Uh, you scored 1-3 against Meath. And then in the Munster Championship, you continued that National League form. You got 1-4 against Tipperary and then you got 1-4 again in that very, very entertaining comeback against Kerry at Parky Cueve. You must be pleased with your form. What do you put that down to? Yeah, look, I suppose I'm really enjoying my football this year. Um, being in the full forward line is probably a, a new a new experience for me, but I'm really, really enjoying it. Like I suppose growing up, I was always a forward and loved being in front of goal. But then when I kind of came into the Cork setup, I was kind of put wing back and I enjoy that too I kind of I, I'd play anywhere um, but really enjoying being close to the goal again um, this year it's, I'm really enjoying it and I'm learning from, from all the experienced forwards around me so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying it How much is being injury free a big factor in this year because you've had your share of injuries? 
Yeah, I know it's it's of course you know injuries can can knock on players' doors you know um, a lot, but I'm, I've been very fortunate now this year. I've I've had no injuries. You know, you have a few niggles, few hamstring injuries, but like nothing major. So yeah, that really helps. It helps you know uh, to be consistent, I suppose. And you know it um it, it's great to be out there just playing football and to have nothing holding you back. So yeah, I'm very lucky uh, not to be riddled with injuries. Yes, riddled with injuries is something that you and a few of the senior players have had to put up with over the last couple of months and maybe 12 months. Been a lot of churn in terms of transition of players coming into that senior panel over the winter in the new year and getting you ready for the National League campaign. Is it fair to say that all those new players that have come in have settled now because the results and the performances have started to have started to come? Yeah, 100%. Like there's there's a good few girls that are coming in out to the panel and they've just been brilliant. You know, that's, it is a big jump coming up from mine or, or kind of near under 21, whatever it is, but the girls have settled in really well and they're, we've some super, super players, you know, and um, straight away, you know, we've all we've all bonded really well and I think all the, the girls that have come in feel feel really, you know, at ease in the group and, uh, you know, have definitely found their feet and, you know, it's great that they got plenty of game time out there in the league to, to kind of get used to the intensity and the pressure of, of the big games. But, yeah, 100% everyone is settled in. Uh, we have a great group of girls. So, yeah, just we're all really enjoying it. Yeah, Cork and Kerry is tomorrow, half past three in Mallow. John McCarthy, of course, will be there. We'll have all the best reaction on the Big Red Bench tomorrow evening. And for more, a big preview of that game, you hear the rest of that interview with and uh, Cork boss Shane Renee. And you can listen to the Women's Sport Podcast with John McCarthy. Uh, search for Big Red Bench and your podcast provider I'll get it on redfm.ie that's it from us tonight podcast will be online shortly if you miss any part of the show Stevie's up next enjoy the rest of your Saturday folks I'll speak to you tomorrow miss the show grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM